Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my Good Nanny Radio, MGN Radio, the best show on Blog Talk Radio for family information and entertainment. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, and welcome to MGN Radio podcast. We are really excited. Today is Wednesday, the middle of the week. It's June 7th. And um, we have an amazing guest with us today that we're going to be chatting about a lot of fun stuff. Um, The Blackish Mom, Victoria Graham, is here with us. And you know how I always do. Um, I'm your host, Miss Tossie. And before I get into chatting with her, I have to chat about our conference that's coming up in Houston. So we have our amazing conference in Houston and we are really, really, really excited. It's going to be Sunday, June 25th. So it's Sunday. We're going to have brunch. We are going to have mimosas. And we're really honoring the whole reason why we're doing the conference, right, is we're honoring some amazing women, okay? We're honoring some amazing women that are in the Houston area that are just really knocking it out the park and giving back. And we're going to have, you know, our bloggers with us. And, of course, the Blackish Mom is one of them. And um, it's just going to be a really, really fun time. So if you're in Houston or the surrounding areas, check out DARE, D-A-R-E, the number two, Aspire on Instagram, as well as our website, www.d2aspire.com. You know, we sell out when we cut Atlanta each year. You know, we've had seven conferences in Atlanta, and they're all amazing. So, so many people said, go to Houston. So, that's what we're doing. And it's going to be fun. Again, it's Sunday, June 25th. Tickets are only $49.99. So, hey, grab a girlfriend and meet us at Dare to Aspire. Now, we also are really, I mean, so many good things are happening. If, you, if you're a mom like me, you know, summer can be very hectic with so much going on with activities, with um, just errands, household chores. And, you know, we are excited because also at Hair Yum, we're doing our summer selfie. So, again, follow Hair Yum on Instagram and, you know, take a pic with any of the products and you get featured on the Hair Yum Instagram page. So, before I give her her fabulous introduction, I have to pay some bills. So, hang tight and we will be back in less than a minute. Yeah, let's spend about a minute. All right, thanks. Hair Yum is the fastest growing vegan hair care product on the market. Hair Yum can transform your hair with one wash. Cleanse with no harsh chemicals, sulfates, or detergents. The Hair Yum collection is available now at HairYum.com. Take the challenge. Go vegan. Get Hair Yum at HairYum.com. That's H-A-I-R-Y-U-M.com. Your hair will thank you for it. Hey, you! Yes, you! Are you at a standstill? Not motivated? Just can't seem to get moving? What's stopping you from getting you to your next success? What's keeping you from greeting your success with a big hello? Try a Christian Life Coach today. Empower, encourage, and excellent LLC. We coach you beyond your potential. Our Christian Life Coach service includes personal improvement, new business ventures, Christian disciplines, anger management, 
authentic empowerment, and your next success. For one-on-one or group coaching, call 716-259-2934. Also visit us online at empower2buildme.pro. That's empower2buildme.pro. Or call 716-259-2934. We are your edge to win. All right, we are live. Thank you so much for tuning in on this fabulous Wednesday. Shout out to all my working moms um, and those who are listening later online at Blog Talk Radio. Make sure you follow our podcast so you do not miss another amazing show. Okay, so today we are chatting with the Blackish Mom. Her Instagram handle is Blackish Mom. And basically, she, Victoria Graham, she explores motherhood, travel, culture as a black millennial mom. And if you're on Instagram and you follow her like I do, you will see that she has really such amazing pictures. And, you know, her blog is really meant to be an inspiration and a resource for other black millennial moms and families who want to see themselves represented as authentically as possible. Um, the website, her website started as a blog, Riding While Pumping, and she's going to talk to us about her journey and, um, you know, just her platform. So without further ado, let's welcome Victoria Cram. You know, my producer always has to tell me, make sure I don't forget the applause. So we got to give her her round of applause. Yay! <laughs> And so let me introduce you to the Blackish Mom. Hold on. Hi, Victoria. Hello. Hey, how are you going? Hey, you are live. I am amazing. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing very well this Wednesday, very well. I'm so happy to be here with you all today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So let's get started. I kind of gave you the, our MGN introduction, but, you know, talk about, you know, your journey as, you know, how you got started with, you know, the Blackish Mom. Yeah. Um, so it kind of takes an interesting start and form to what eventually is now called the Blackish Mom. Um, so when I was four, actually, I became pregnant with my daughter, who's now approaching 22 months, so very close to two years in August. But even before I became pregnant with her, I started to do a lot of research just about the type of mother I wanted to be. And one thing that really stuck out to me, um, I actually listened to it on public radio, was a report about the lack of black women who breastfed their children. And so it kind of stuck out to me because there's so many benefits to breastfeeding, both for the mother and for the child, and it was very discouraging that other black women didn't have the opportunity or the knowledge that they really needed to breastfeed effectively for an extended period of time. So then when I actually became pregnant, I really made it one of my missions that, you know, I would try really hard to breastfeed at least for a year um, because that's what the Academy of Pediatrics recommends, a minimum of a year if you can. And so... um, As I went through that journey, um, I had a healthy pregnancy. Our beautiful daughter was born in late August. And so something very interesting happened in my very methodical plan of I'm going to breastfeed, and she didn't latch. After multiple tries, after visits to um, lactation consultants, 
she just didn't latch. Um, and so I really had to make a decision, you know, do I just go to formula or do I pump? Because my flow of milk was there. Um, she just wasn't latching to get it. So I actually made the decision really after thinking through it, okay, well, I'll pump. I'll pump as long as I can to provide the nutrients for my daughter because it was very important to me to reach that one-year mark. So as I pumped, that time that it started for myself, I thought, well, since I'm setting aside this time, and really it started in small chunks of time, so I would pump anywhere from like 10 to 30 minutes at a time, several times throughout the day. I thought I should really use this time to really express how I'm feeling as a mom and a mom of color and a young mom of color. And so that's how I started my initial blog, which was writing while pumping. Well, then I had another interesting conundrum because I stopped pumping at a year. So I'm proud to say that I did meet that goal. Um, So I pumped for a year, and my daughter was exclusively breastfed um, for six months and then did a combination of breast milk and introduced food for the next six months until she was one year old. But then after that, I really thought, thought, you know, where do I really want to take this blogging journey? I've gotten a lot of feedback, and it was actually very liberating for me to share my story. And so that's when I decided to do a reset um, and kind of go into a different direction since writing while pumping would really no longer be relevant because I wasn't pumping anymore. So that's how it started. Um, It's continued to evolve really kind of as my interests evolve, but also as I see the need to express um, what I perceive to be deficiencies in just the blogging world for women of color. So that's kind of how I've evolved to the three categories of motherhood, of travel, and just of general culture. I love it. And, you know, round of applause for you because, you know, I love and I tell moms the best thing to do is to breastfeed if you can. And I know probably a lot of women can the baby scratching on. Um, yes, thank you. <laughs> applause for you lasting that long. Okay, so as you, as, how did you, you, you know, you breastfed and you were moving? Like you say, your daughter now is 22 months. How did you go about? Um, you know, with the name? Like, how did you even come up with the name, The Blackish Mom? And then how did you go about, like, after, you you know, writing while pumping, how did you move to the next phase of it? Yeah, so I think one of the reasons why Blackish as the name really appealed to me is really, like, that last part of it, which is, like, the ish part. And I was very interested in that because one thing I've been passionate about since learning about it in undergrad, um, shout out to University of Texas at Austin, is this idea of intersectionality and how we should really allow and empower ourselves to really embody multiple sections of our identities. And so that's really why I didn't want to just say um, not have that ish on there because that's really what I hold to. And I hold to it because I want women of color to understand that we are not monogamous in our thinking, in the way we go about living our lives, and how we choose to be parents. Um, and we really have the choice um, to really set forth the path that we want, not one that's going to be defined for us. So that's really why um, I kind of was very drawn to the idea of the blackish mom. And one thing I really did when I was transitioning 
was really I kind of analyzed what all was out there and really saw, like, how I could add value to the space and also looked at the things that I cared very deeply about. And that's how I got to those three buckets of motherhood, of travel, and of culture. Um, And really what I mean by kind of all three of them is this idea that we should be able to have open and honest conversations about what it means to be a mom of color and a working mom of color and how we intersect that with the passions that we have inside of us. Um, And then for travel, I've always loved travel and I like the idea of travel and the authentic experiences that travel brings to your life. And so I wanted to provide that outlet also especially to parents because there's this perception, especially when you have younger kids, that you're not really going to travel that much. And so I really don't buy into that perception. And I think if travel is something that appeals to you, then there are ways to definitely um, make it still available and accessible, regardless of where you are in your parenting journey. And then the last one kind of was late to my path, and that was this idea of culture. And I really am interested in culture through the lens of creating experiences for children um, that are really rich and culturally relevant. And so one of the things I um, added to my blog was this calendar section um, to really kind of figure out we are all very busy, but how can we pinpoint, oh, okay, I know these things are coming up. They may be of value to parents. If I did a little bit of that legwork just to get a few more parents out to have unique experiences with their kids, um, then I feel like that's like time well spent. Um, and so that's kind of how it really evolved. It's been a fascinating journey, really just because I feel like the more that I put out, the more that I receive, if that makes sense. So it's very rewarding, um, and it's completely different from the work that I do that's on my profession. And so it provides a very good balance in my life. I love that. I really do. Now, one thing I I like about you is it seems like you're very in tune with, you you know, the blackishness, if I can say that. Um, And I really, really love that. Now, how did you, um, in terms of your trips, like I noticed, I know you, you talk about, you know, travel and culture. And before I get into the trip question, I just thought about what I wanted to ask you about millennial. Like describe what, you, what it means, like in terms of age, like your age, um, what it means to be like a, a black millennial mom. Yeah. Black millennial mom. And it's, it's interesting because I've been asked, you know, what is it like being a black millennial mom a few times. And it's interesting because, To me, the short answer is not necessarily different from any other age group if you would ask them what it means to be a younger mom. Um, So what I mean by that is I think a lot of the same anxieties I have about I want to, you know, be the best mom I can be. I want my child to be in an environment that nourishes her, that supports her. I want her to be in a world where she doesn't have to worry about um, her freedom or her safety or um, if someone's going to judge her based on the color of her skin and not, you know, how she is as a person. So I think those trends really are not limited to age. I think what's interesting about millennials and my age group, which is actually very broad in terms of the actual generation, but I think what's really unique about our generation as millennials is that we're looking at not only from the family perspective, we're really taking deeper um, looks into our own personal passions and really what brings us d- 
desires and what brings us happiness in our own lives and how can we transfer that to our children as well. So, for example, I've always loved writing. I've always loved communicating. It's what I studied in undergrad. And so it's easy to do a professional job and then shut off your passions. But if you also have other passions, I feel like we should be empowered to also pursue those other passions. And I think that's something that I think millennials have a greater opportunity to do because there's more platforms to do them. We have podcasts. We have blogs that we can create. We have YouTube channels that we can create. And there's more access to mediums that I think previous generations didn't have. Exactly. And now, so and you're, you're married and you have a daughter, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. And and your age group is, is it between the ages of, because when I hear millennial all the time, millennial means you're born in the year 2000 and greater, correct? Um, so it's actually or am I very totally broad. wrong? <laughs> yeah, so it's actually, I mean, right now it's really between the ages of like 18 to 35. So it's actually very broad. Okay. Um, typically, okay. they, if, typically people will then like subdivide those age groups, and then you kind of get chunked into like the 25 to 30, the 30 to 35, and then the under 25. Um, so I kind of fall in between. I'm fastly approaching 30. Um, so I kind of fall in between like the median of that. Uh, okay, okay. And and one thing I do think about black millennials, you know, the 30s, the 20s, or any millennials, period, that like you said, you have a great opportunity through the blogging and to really, you don't, um, it's like you, you go for what you're passionate about. And I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, I think that is really, really, really great. Um, now, in terms of how, what inspires you with your topics? Like how do you pick under the subgroups of the three, you know, area, motherhood, tribal culture? How? Do, what topics and what inspires you to to um, write about certain things. Yeah. Um, so two of them are easy in terms of what motivates me. One that's very easy is travel. I typically only write about the travel experiences that I have. Um, and so I've been fortunate to um, take many um, international trips over the last two years. And so I've been feeding to my blog really the experiences that I've had on those trips. And my most previous trip Um, was in March I traveled to Cuba for an entire week. Um, And it was me, my daughter, my husband, and my mother. We were all in Cuba for a week. And so Cuba is very new to Americans in terms of a place to visit. And then even more impactful is I did take my daughter, who's under two years old. Um, And so just providing that information that, yes, you can do it. Here are some suggestions. Here's how you can do it, especially if you have a young child. Um, So I typically write about those experiences. Other trips that we've been on together as a full family of three, um, we traveled to Costa Rica. That was actually our daughter's first international trip. And we actually took her on that trip the week after she turned one. Um, So that was her first international trip. Her first domestic trip on an airplane um, was actually to Miami, which is our favorite city um, in the United States. And so just those experiences (laughs) are really based off. (laughs) My um, my personal experiences with travel, but through the lens of being a mother and how do you navigate that if you want to take your child and then if you don't want to take your child, that's okay. 
you know, you have the freedom to make those choices and then still go and have fun and not be shamed for that as well. So it's really finding a balance. Under motherhood, I typically do two broader well, before we get into motherhood, I want to ask about the travel. Before we get into motherhood, yeah. this is really interesting. I love it, Victoria. Okay, so, um, and I know a lot of people that are listening are like, um, Cuba has been one of the places I would love to go. Now, in yes. terms of, like, if you could, before we, describe Cuba, like, for an American that has, you know, not traveled to Cuba, like, how is it yeah. even an expensive city to go to? Yeah. So Cuba is very, it's a very fascinating city, country. And the reason it's so fascinating is because from city to city, you will really get um, very unique experiences at each of the cities that you go to. And so my experiences are based off the two cities that I visited while I was there. So we flew into Havana, which is where most, tourists, especially most Americans, fly to because it's only 90 miles off the coast of Florida. So that's where we flew into. We had a flight from Houston to Cuba with a um, stop in Atlanta along the way. Shout out to Atlanta. Love your airport. Um, And so we went into Havana. We stayed there for two days, two nights. Then we went to a city called Trinidad, which I loved, which is kind of on the other side of Cuba. And we stayed there for four nights before going back to Havana and then flying back out. And so the best way I can describe Havana is imagine Miami without South Beach and imagine New York City without Times Square. And that's how I would describe Havana. So there's millions of people in that general area. It's not too far from some amazing beaches, less than 30 minutes away. But what you would get in a Times Square or South Beach in terms of capitalism, in terms of sales and merchandise and advertising, and that business aspect is definitely not going to be the same in Havana than in what we would consider major metropolitan American cities or other international cities that we've been to. But it's interesting because you really start to strip down to the essence of like what it means to be a city, what it means to have your origins tied to a city that's so vastly different from what we're experiencing here in America. And you really find value in that. And I definitely found value and was very reflective of that process. Um, while I was there, but it is a totally different travel experience. So, for example, your credit cards are not going to work there. You really have to budget by day to make sure you bring enough cash because it's, from an American perspective, it's a cash-only currency that you're going to be using while you're there. Um, So those types of things you definitely have to plan for in advance to make the most out of the trip. Um, But Also, I would suggest if you have the time to really step outside of Havana and really travel to some of the surrounding cities um, or take some day trips. I mean, we really had an amazing time in Trinidad, which is about four hours um, by bus or taxi from Havana, but it was completely worth it because the city was amazing. It was completely walkable. Um, There was a beach not far away. It was full of museums, great places to eat. Um, and just like a very like welcoming place to be that was totally separate from Havana in terms of size and scope. Wow, excellent. Okay, now in terms of your blog, and I will talk about motherhood and culture, but I know a lot of people want to get to like, okay, the business side of it. Now, do you do this full-time? Are you able to do this blog full-time? 
No, so I don't. So I really kind of do this as a personal passion um, that I have. Okay. And then it's interesting because I also do, and I've started to do a lot more in terms of not necessarily blogging for my site, but really blogging as philanthropy. And so I'm not necessarily at a point where I can, you know, write checks to things that I care very deeply about that are tied to um, African-American culture. But if I can give back in terms of I'll donate or I'll write an article about this for on behalf of your organization, like that really um, inspires me as well. So I've started to do that. Um, an example is I recently worked as a brand ambassador for Black Restaurant Week. Um, and that was an area where I saw that as just me contributing to the space of African-American cuisine um, through the work of my writing. Um, but right now it's completely just a passion, personal project. It's not something I do full-time. I actually am very rewarded professionally as an urban educator. Oh, now what does that mean, an urban educator? What does that mean? Yeah, so – I actually work for one of the school districts here in the greater Houston area, and I help support family engagement efforts um, for the school district and really empowering families to be advocates for their children's education. Um, and I find great value in that. Um, and it's interesting because as I was transitioning into being a mother, the thought processes and kind of like the emotions I had really fuel the work that I continue to do because a lot of parents are not involved, not they don't want to be, but because they don't really know how to be and they don't know what necessarily the schools are needing them to do to be their most involved selves. And so it's, very, it's a passion point for me to provide those resources to them so that they can be involved in their kids' life, really from K through um, 12th grade. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I come from a long line of educators, so I love that. Um, and that is amazing. And I love the way you have your passion that you follow, but you're, it's still connected to what you do, um, yeah. you know, as a day job, if I could say that. Now, in terms yes. of Instagram, a lot of people want to know, how did you build your following um, on Instagram? So Instagram is a place where you really have to do it day by day. And so when I was researching, you know, how to build a following on social media and pinpointing the areas where I wanted to do so, what appealed to me about Instagram is Instagram, for the most part, I mean, there's negativity in certain places, but Instagram does a great job of promoting positivity. Um, in the simple way that it's constructed, being picture-based for the most part, you can control the comments for the most part. I loved how it just promoted positivity, so that's why I even selected Instagram as one of my main social media channels. And I really have just continued to build it organically by showcasing um, people's best selves, if, that's, if, if that makes sense. And so I, every time I post someone's beautiful baby or funny video, it's affirming to them that they have value, that they're represented in the social space, and that um, they should be very proud of who they are. Um, and I take great pride in just, like, sh continuing to spread the love. And, it's, I mean, it's amazing because even when you're having really bad days, I can log on to Instagram after I've been at work and my daughter didn't want to go to sleep because she wasn't feeling well and I'm like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? I can log on to Instagram and I've seen 10 people use the Blackish Mom hashtag on their beautiful children really just sharing them with everyone else. And that's, I mean, that's such a positive spirit that's kind of 
brought on, and that's really why um, I like it. But it does take time, and it takes in the type of page you want. Um, you have to decide, you know, are you going to only post yourself? Are you going to showcase other families? Are you going to feature other families? Um, and really finding a balance so that you can continue to grow your organic audience. I like it. I like it. We're chatting with the Blackish Mom. Now, what challenges do you face in, I guess, two questions. One day, I know you're fulfilled as an educator, an urban educator. One day, would you love to do the blogging full-time? And if not, um, you know, what what is your goal for the Blackish Mom? Yeah. So I think my goal for the Blackish Mom is really to continue providing as much of an authentic representation from my perspective as I can, um, in really whatever form that really takes place. Um, and I think the ultimate goal necessarily is not to do it full-time in a sense that I don't have my professional urban educator piece because I, I feel very strongly about that, that line of my work and my time allocation for that. But to really continue to evolve the Black Islam into something that's continuing to be most relevant for the audience that I do have. And so as I grow that audience, I want to make sure I'm mindful of what we all are getting out of the process. Mm, very good. Very, very good. Now, who designed your logo, and how did you come up with that? It's so cute yes. for the Blackish Mom. <laughs> I um, love so it. My logo was actually designed, and actually I want to give a shout-out, because my logo and my website was designed by one of my college friends who now runs a um, design business. And his business is called Newtastic, um, and it's spelled N-U instead of N-E-W, so Newtastic.net. And he actually did my logo for me, and he designed the structure of my website. Um, and he did an amazing job. I was very pleased. And the logo is actually based off a picture I sent him of our daughter. Um, and so he Aww. made that design based off of that. Oh, that is so neat. Well, is he, is he local in Houston? Is he a local Houston Well, person? he's actually based out of Dallas, um, but we just worked remotely oh, okay. um, throughout the entire oh, process, okay. and he continues to support me. Um, anytime I want any changes on the website, he'll go in, tell me how long it's going to take, create a new project for that. Um, and he's just been really amazing in walking me through the process and giving me um, suggestions on how to grow my audience um, you know, how to put things out on the website so that you get the best response. Um, but he's been an amazing, amazing guy. Definitely want to shout him out. His name is Jarmel, and he runs um, Newtastic.net. Excellent. Now, what does your husband do? Like, what does he do? Is he in the same urban so, educator space? Yeah, so my husband actually works in um, special education within the education space. Um, so he supports students um, who have disabilities, making sure that they're getting the most appropriate services that they can. But, yeah, so we're both education. Wow. Awesome. Wow, that is so round of applause for him. That is so I know. awesome. I know. That is really, really awesome. Yes. <laughs> How do you, and we're chatting live. We have a few minutes left. It always flies by. We're chatting with Victoria Graham, you know, um, about just being a black millennial mom and her blackish blog, um, blackish mom blog. Uh, now, how do you balance everything? You're a mom, you're an educator, you're a blogger. How do you balance everything? So I think for me, um, and it's interesting because 
the the message really at church on Sunday was really how do you be your best self? And I think that's really what I strive to be. And I see a couple areas in being your best self. And it's spiritual, it's mental, um, it's professional, and it's physical. Like how do you be your best self in those areas? And so I really try to commit to just doing just that, like being my best self in all of those areas and being very honest about if I'm not, then how can I get there? So, for example, I felt like I wasn't being my best self physically. Um, I wasn't really eating as well as I could. I wasn't, like, working out was at a zero. And so you you will start to notice that reflected in your mood that can affect um, your mental state. And so I really had to take a step back and say, um, and one of my favorite quotes is by Maya Angelou. She says, if you don't like something, you change it. And if you can't change it, you change your attitude. So I really had to decide, if I don't like something, am I going to change it or am I going to change my attitude about it? And that really guides me throughout my life to find balance. It is hard sometimes because there's only so many hours in a day. Um, and after you work and after you take care of your child and after you spend time with your spouse, you know, there's very little time you may have for yourself. And some people are okay with that and some people want more time. And you really have to balance what brings you true happiness. But for me, it is about finding balance and being my true best self in those four areas. I like it. Now, is there any um, advice that maybe you can share, things that helped you, or even just the parents, you're you're an urban educator, um, that you would like to share to those parents or moms in terms of how they can be better parents and help, you know, educators? Well, I definitely wouldn't be an educator if I didn't bring up summer, just because um, there's so many things that are going on during the summer, even though kids aren't in school, that we can do to really enrich their lives. And I become very sad when kids are ha- are only able to just sit at home all day during the summer and not have experiences. So I would really urge parents, um, if you have the time, really research even free or very low-cost things to do with your kids, especially if you're in major cities. Houston has tons of free things that go on throughout the summer um, that are put on by organizations and agencies for free or very little cost. Um, And so I would really urge parents to find those things and really take their kids out, have them explore, have them do hands-on things, and have them really have unique experiences. Um, I think one misconception is that you have to travel abroad to have unique experiences. There are unique experiences that you can do in your hometown. We just have to look them up and make sure that we do them. I love, love, love that. I tell people, my kids, I'm busier in the summer than I am in school year uh, because summer, we're busy. They're doing vacation Bible study. They're doing their cheer camps, gymnastics, Mm -hmm. and reading in the library. But I know I'm not the standard, and I wish, like you said, other moms would really get involved. And like you said, it's not about money. There are so many free opportunities um, that you can engage instead of them just sitting at home, you know, watching TV or playing on their little computer gadgets, you know, get involved. I love that. Great way to end the show. Tell people how they can get a hold of you and connect with you. Sure. So there are a couple ways. You can visit my blog. It's the Blackish Mom. 
dot com. Um, you can follow me on all of social media at Blackish Mom. Um, it's the same on Twitter, Instagram, and I have a Facebook page. So you can use any of those. I'm very open to ideas for even future travel, future things that people want to talk about. And if you're in Houston um, and want to just dialogue with me and talk through maybe things we can do in Houston to get our kids involved, then I'm definitely open to that as well. Great. Well, thank you. We have like one minute left. Thank you so much, um, Victoria. I can't wait to meet you and um, chat with you at Dare to Aspire Conference. And I'm really, really excited, um, and I love what you're doing. So thank you for being on our podcast. No, thank you for having me, and thank you for bringing Dare to Aspire to Houston. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yay! (laughs) Thanks. Well, that wraps up another one of our podcasts. We will be on again with another fabulous, amazing guest. Um, So, again, have a fabulous Wednesday, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.